Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, November 16th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that wishes maybe the Flyers could sign Simone Gagne again. Yeah, that's a good that's a good wish list. Uh, two goals, not too shabby in the alumni game last night. We will get into that on today's show. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to get caught up on some maybe not so great Flyers news and talk about tonight's game versus the Calgary Flames. And then we'll get into last night's alumni game, which was a ton of fun, and do a quick check-in with the Phantoms. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Sports Network. All right, Russ. So news from the other day, which was not so great. Uh, Alain Vigneault said in a post-practice news conference that... Ryan Ellis suffered a re-injury on Saturday in Dallas and is now considered week to week. Yeah, so much for easing him back into the pool. Uh, see, that, that's why I never liked that terminology. Well, we're going to ease him back in. And I, you know, and that's when I bristled at it and said, well, is he 100% or not? Because if somebody's 100%, you shouldn't have to ease him in. So that, when we're left to speculate, it leads me to speculate like a lot of hockey players, that maybe he's got a core muscle issue and they were testing it out. And now the test has failed. And now I'm expecting in the next day or two to hear about a surgery. That's There's no inside info. This is just the way my, my brain works. It has no other bearing. I mean, it's entirely possible. I think, you know, until we get that info, um, I think week to week is probably the right way to talk about it. Mm -hmm. for the team but you're right I think that pretty much anything is possible if he wants to get back to 100% and not have to come back not feeling right about it or even have this much chance of a re-injury well I mean we'll see what happens but it is very disheartening to say the least given all of the promise that that top pairing had with Ivan Provorov, uh, Nick Sealer will be checking back into the lineup, which, you know, that is what it is. Uh, he's not a, a damaging player for this team by any means. Like, I don't want to no. like, disparage Nick Sealer. I think he's. I don't know if he makes him any better. That's the no. only thing. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing is that it just doesn't add that extra level of confidence that I have in the defense. But he doesn't, like, make me panic either. Right, right. One thing we are very lucky about is that Justin Braun seems to be playing at the top of his ceiling right now. And I think that, you know, maybe this will last. I'm going to be optimistic about it and say maybe he won't be this good for this long, but maybe he'll like settle in as a as a higher level defenseman than he's been the last couple of years, which was not bad either. But 
he's been playing well when the team has need him to. And I appreciate you, Justin Braun, is what I'm saying. I want to I want to clip this soundbite and see where we are in another 10 games because we'll see if you're still feeling the same way. I felt like he was sort of reaching the cliff just in time for Ellis to come back because it was just a hard thing to ask him to play on the top pairing and play it out at that high a level, which he really didn't even do at any time last year, and he was doing it. But then I did see a little slippage right before Ellis came back We'll see. Maybe just the, the brief respite of not being on there will at least get him going for a couple more games. But, you know, week to week, I'm not expecting Ryan Ellis back, uh, you know, through December. That's just me. The other news was that they have decided to sit Oscar Lindblom for one game at the moment uh, as kind of a reset. As we know, he's been struggling to get the puck in the net. And I, he just seems to be in his head a little bit too much at the moment as a result of that. Oh, he was also on the ice for um, four of the Dallas goals on Saturday. So that's probably not helpful for your no. mindset either. And so he will be sitting. So we will have yet another new configuration of forwards going into tonight's game. And, you know, we haven't, as of recording, seen what those lines will be necessarily but you know my gut says that Farabee goes up to the first line Broussard stays out on the wing on the Hayes line on line two and then we have uh, JVR Lawton and TK on the third line and then our usual for now Brown Thompson and McEwen on the fourth yeah you don't expect much out of the fourth these days now um, that's unfortunate in the sense that I feel like there are players in the organization that if you made some changes, like you brought up Morgan Frost and you moved some guys down, you could have a way better fourth line. But they're going to go with this, so that's fine. Uh, the only thing I am fully against is Konecti being on the power play one instead of Farabee. Because, again, I will go back to last year. Farabee was the most creative guy they had on the power play. He started off this year the same way. I don't think anything has changed. The only thing that's changed is the side that they put Giroux on. That's the only thing that's changed here. But I think Farabee is more effective right now as that creative passing guy and also knowing when to shoot on the power play more so than Konechny at this point in time. Yeah, I I wonder if they're going with familiarity there over that kind of skill that you're talking about. Probably. I, I think... That's the only explanation, but I'm hoping that the power play can get kickstarted again. It is interesting that power play two continues to have only one defenseman and Ivan Provorov, um, which is a different look than they've been giving. But I think, you know, without Ellis and with, with them deciding that they're not going to try Ristolainen in there, I think they maybe had tried Sandheim for a little bit. And that didn't work out, but you know why not put Ristolainen in there? He that it is the one way. I agree with you in the sense that it's the one way to get his shot off because you see, with the big windup he has, it's hard for him to get that shot off five on five. But on the power play, it would be fine. I think ultimately they're doing it this way because we're only going to see these guys for twenty five seconds. That's fair. 
I'm just, I, it's funny that I'm talking about it like this because I'm usually like a put five forwards out there. I like, know. Throw caution to the wind. <laughs> but um, for some reason, I actually do want to see Risto on the power play at some point and see, and see how that would work out. Yeah, I mean, it would ease up some minutes on Provorov. So if they're not doing it now, there may be a point in the season where you want to do that to lessen the load for Provorov, who really has had a mixed bag of a season so far. So we are up against the Calgary Flames in tonight's game, and they've come back down to earth a little bit since the last game where the Flames uh, shut out the Flyers. They have an 8-3-4 record overall, and their last game, they shut out Ottawa 4 to nothing. but you can't really take anything from that because Ottawa has 10 guys in COVID protocols and some injuries, so... They have been beaten most recently by the Leafs, Habs, and Sharks. So all kinds of teams, like a, a really good yeah. team, a mediocre team, and a terrible team. So yeah, they, they played like, Ottawa. They lot. played Ottawa in air quotes. Yeah, I think you know the story of the Flames right now is Andrew Mangiapane c- continues to just be blazing through. He's got ten goals and twelve points in fifteen games, and not too shabby for a third liner. And He's uh, recently was named to the Team Canada long list for the Olympics, which was never a thing you would have thought prior to the season. No, agreed. He he's really having a career year because he's normally good for twenty five and still might be. He's just off to a red hot start. But I've watched enough of him this year to know there have been games you could take him completely out of the game because he's not the biggest guy. If you want to take him out of the game, like if you've decided as AV, you don't want to let him beat you, then put Ristolainen on him. And and that'll take him out of the game. You do have to worry about Goudreau anytime he comes back to the Philly area. He's always going to be good. But I don't think Goudreau's having a lot of fun with this team. And because when you play this Sutter way, it does suck a lot of the offense out. Um, Sean Monaghan's not... The force that he once was at one time for a while, he was on the fourth line. Now I hear he's sort of breaking out of the doghouse. So they play hard, seriously hard forecheck. The one worry here is the same thing we've been bringing up the last few times is they will battle you ugly, do anything they can to keep the score nothing-nothing. That is true. Mentioned uh, Coach Sutter there uh two of his brothers were in the alumni game yeah last night for the flyers so that was cool to have some you know sutter family reunion in philly last night and that's what we will be talking about in a moment does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your podcasting platforms. 
So both of us had the pleasure of attending the alumni game last night at the Wells Fargo Center. And I got to say, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I love those games. It was good to see all those guys. Uh, we had, not that it really matters who wins in the end. Maybe it does to them. And maybe they had some like side money on it. But <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Team Holmgren wearing black uh, won over Team Tocket wearing orange uh, six to five. So... Maybe not as prolific a goal-scoring event as your typical alumni event. I think 6-5 to five is pretty low-scoring, actually, as those go. Yeah. But it was so much fun nonetheless. Uh, I think there was a lot of really fun moments over the course of the game. And I think for me, the biggest surprise, uh, Updog, Scotty Upshaw, hat trick. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Mike McKenna, Stonewall, and Lindros on, in the slot. Because Lindros is like, finally, I got my shot in the slot. He gets up a really good shot. And <laughs> McKenna just makes this great save. And just is like, no. Takes it out of his glove. Gives it back. That was tough. I think that affected Lindros. He wasn't the same after that. Yeah, he did wind up scoring one goal. But I think in a it game It was an like ugly this, goal. <laughs> it was an ugly goal. And you would have expected him to score more. But at least he did get one on the board. So yes, we'll take it. We'll take it. And, you know, like I said at the top of the show, Simone Gagne, two goals. Man, it is always, always a pleasure to hear Lou Nolan say the name Simone Gagne. Yeah, it's true. I, I like it. We should have asked him to say it in the elevator when we were with him, but it would have been <laughs> embarrassing. But it is it is always fun. I'll tell you the shocking part, though, and this is what is interesting about these alumni games. You know, we're watching Donald Brashear breaking off these cross-ice passes, which he never, ever, ever would have done when he was in the NHL, and the whole offense was running through Brashear as they were trying to come back. The Tocket, team Tocket was trying to come back. It was true. We were in the upside down, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Brashear and Riley Cote actually looked really good out there. I mean, we know he stays in good shape. We do. So it's not surprising that he still had some speed, but the skill was there too. I think he was looking really good. Once upon a time, I always tell people, once upon a time in junior hockey, I think he played the WHL, he had 30-something goals. So it is in him. So, you know, one of the fun things about alumni games is you have some of the older guys out there. And, of course, be given the situation, people are trying to feed them pucks and, you know, get some good crowd moments out of it. And it just, like, wasn't working for the longest time. And then out of nowhere, Brad Marsh pots one, which was, I think, a delight, especially because he puts in so much work for... It's just joy, the, the joy on his yeah. face. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is his baby, and for him to be able to, you know, get a goal out there, I think, is was it was perfect. Yeah, and he's a tremendous guy. Like, I see him around all the time. He's always got a smile on his face, always willing to chat about hockey. Just great. Just great for the organization, great for these games, great for charities. I really appreciate what he does. The two goaltenders out there for most of the game, uh, we talked about Mike McKenna and Neil Little was in net at the other end. He's a a frequent flyer in the Flyers alumni goaltending. because he's young. And although Mike McKenna has now stolen the crown of the young ex-Flyers goaltender. So, yes, uh, we'll see how those go in the future. But uh, we had as an 
I would I would call it an e-bug situation <laughs> with uh, Bill Duffy from Flyers Warriors uh, was there as like a third goaltender and uh, Team Orange subbed out Mike McKenna for him late in the game. Mostly, I would say, well, they were going to do it anyway, let's be real. But yes. there were lots of crowd chants asking for him uh, from the Flyers Warriors crew that was in the audience and it was so great to see him out there and they gave him the number one star at the end of the game which I loved it you know is uh it's pandering but it's the best kind of pandering it is I mean he was fired up they tested him immediately too like he made a great shoulder save early on like that was good they that was the best thing they could have done for him was sort of give him that little jump start there because if he'd have like not had a shot for a minute or two, it might have been a little tougher for him. Do you think there was any, like, particularly, like, person out there that was having the most fun of anybody or, or a group of people? I think I think Mike Knubel was having fun. I mean, we, we got it on um, Inside Info that he had gotten there a little late, so he probably didn't have time to process any of it. And, you know, maybe just because he was kind of running in hot, you know, he definitely was having fun out there. He had his smile. He did have a little tumble in the game, and then they showed him with his scarred face. And let's face it, Mike Knubel always had a face for hockey. So I, I thought it was great. As a matter of fact, I'll, I know his agent. I'll be texting that picture to his agent if he hasn't seen it. I'm sure he has. <laughs> you never know, you know. Yeah, I just figured Knubel would send it to him. Yeah, but... probably. One of the other fun moments was related to the crowd where uh, Gritty was there, of course, and uh, held up a sign saying that um, Scott Hartnell was not his father. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. And then Hartnell went to hug him through the glass. It was all very, very cute. Yeah, I just I I really think it was a, a good time for everybody who attended and you know, there's some fun moments out there on the ice for everybody. They did try to get a little fancy sometimes with trying to feed each yes. other goals, and then it just wouldn't go, which I'm sure was frustrating for them, you know, trying to create some highlight moments for the crowd. But, uh, you know, goaltenders, they have pride too. They do. I mean, it's the hardest job in these games because, let's face it, I mean, if you have to just go in there and play a little defense, take a few shifts – that's fine, but the goalie really doesn't get a break. Yeah, and they don't get to hang out on the bench with everybody and and talk and stuff. Like, Kochi so. didn't go by and interview any of the goalies. They were busy. They were playing. Although Robert Esch didn't play. I, I just really thought the whole night was a lot of fun and uh, just really good to see a lot of those guys again together out there on the ice for the Flyers. A lot of smiles. Well, I think an alumni game is probably not something you want to bet on because you never know what's going to happen out there. But you usually maybe could bet on an over-under on goals. Maybe that's a good bet. You can make just total goals on... on this would have been an game. under. Like, if this yeah. if this this would have been an under for sure at 11, yeah. Well, if you're going to make those bets, the right place to go for that is Bet Online. And they are back and better than ever with a new web interface for basketball season and hockey season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football and hockey action this season. 
Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Russ. So after all that fun talk about our Flyers alumni, we get to talk about the future of the Flyers here with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms with our, our weekly update here. I have some good news, Russ. Okay. The Phantoms are not the worst team in the AHL anymore. They are the second worst team in the AHL. The uh, Milwaukee has taken over the crown. As so the this is lo- how low the bar team. has gotten now? <laughs> well, you know, baby steps. The uh, past weekend in Lehigh Valley was a split decision with one win and two losses. On Wednesday, they actually pretty decidedly beat Hershey. It was it was a really good game. Uh, they yeah. won four to one. That's and a then big win. Performed really well overall and was able to shut down Hershey, which is not an easy thing to do. And then. Came down to earth a little bit uh, at Providence on Friday, losing 6-3, to three, and then lost a heartbreaker on Saturday, 2-1 to one in overtime against Springfield. And the same kind of issues we've been talking about have continued with this team in terms of struggling to like recover from adversity, I think is the biggest problem this team has is that when they go down, they just don't know how to come back up from that very often. And that's where I think, you know, we're talking in the first segment about the fourth line and maybe bringing up Morgan Frost. I am more and more convinced that we need to get him out of that environment. I agree. It's just not good at this point for him to be in a place where they're struggling so much. And even though he is playing really well, he's got nine points in the last seven games. Even if you think he's borderline right now in terms of in a perfect world, is this the right time for a call up in terms of his individual play and where the Flyers are right now? I just... I think the Flyers need another option uh, in the bottom six right now and that he just isn't going to be helped by staying in Lehigh Valley. No, I agree. I mean, I'm sure Gerald Mayhew feels like he's effective because, I, you know, all his goals are pretty much because of Morgan Frost. I just, I don't know what else Frost can do. I, if it was this kind of thing where the team was having a great year and... He's got a chance to be an all-star. You want him to play in an all-star game, really kind of celebrate him and then bring him up. I might be okay with it. I don't see a lot of hope for this team right now. And like you said, a lot hasn't changed. There's too many penalty minutes. There's too few points. I mean, it really is unbelievable, the low point totals that they have. You know, there are some bright spots. I mean, Max Woman's been playing good all year. But again, I don't know if I feel great about Max Woman being my second best player when he's not really a developmental player anymore. He's just a guy that, you know, is like a depth NHL player. Garrett Wilson's never going to get called up. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Probably shouldn't get called up. 
Uh, Mayhew, same thing. Clendenning, probably not, because I think Zamula would earn that better, because I think there's just a lot more upside for, for Zamula. But that's not coming anytime soon. But it could come, and I think Zamula's slightly ahead of York, but that's not a big deal. And, it, you know, that's another thing where has Cam York really had a chance to shine? I don't know. There, you know, there's a lot of whispers when when you talk about Lehigh Valley, and in the end, it's not very positive. Part of the problem continues to be the power play there, which is like it's yes. so hard to talk about it being not in the best spot for the Flyers and the Phantoms at the same time. <laughs> but you know, over this past weekend, they were one for eleven on the power play. And including Ugly. being over five versus Providence, and I think that's where you know you're looking to Cam York and Zamula to maybe take that extra step up in driving that power play a little bit more. Now they've been, they've not been playing badly on it individually, but I think they need some tangible numbers to show that what they're doing is contributing to the success of the team in order to make the case for themselves. And I just don't think they're there yet because it's just, I, that's been the Achilles heel that if they're scoring even on a third of these power plays yeah. or you know 25% of these power plays, the Phantoms would be in a much better position. They've had a lot of close games in the season so far. And that's been, I think a huge difference between winning and losing. Yeah. It's a miracle that Felix Sandstrom has a nine eleven save percentage. Really just a miracle. You know, you feel bad, too, for Connor Bunneman, who has just got a point and he's a minus five. It's like, he's not that bad. He's not. He was really good a couple of years ago, filling in at the NHL level, and I feel like he can do it again. But it's just ugly right now for him. Isaac Ratcliffe, we were worried about his development this year. This isn't going to help it. Two points in 12 games and already wasn't really a force in games that I was watching, that's tough for him. So I don't know. This needed to be, and still needs to be, a big development year for three or four of these players in Lehigh Valley. And so far, it's the opposite. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I I continue to wonder how long the leash is that Ian LaPerriere have there before there's some, even if it's behind the scenes intervention, that there's right. some real like top-down intervention from management on changing some things up out there. Again, even if it's behind the scenes, hopefully they can turn things around this week. Tomorrow they are playing Charlotte, and then Friday they're at Rochester, and Saturday at Toronto. Uh, the Marlies should be that Rochester Marlies back-to-back is going to be real tough. Oh, yeah, that's that is very tough. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing in our alumni segment, we talked about Mike Knubel taking a puck to the face. Super tough. Uh, Chris Terrian posted a picture from the locker room. I'll sew it up. And, you know, he got back out there for the next period. And uh, God bless you, Mike Knubel. We love Mike Knubel. He's a gamer. It doesn't matter what kind of game. He's a gamer. 
All right, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow with our Flames recap and a little bit of our mailbag. So send us in your questions and we will do our best to give you answers. You can do that via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers or you can email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.